Welcome to another episode of Alps in Brief, the Alps Risk Management Podcast. We're coming to you from the Alps Home Office in the historic Florence Building in beautiful downtown Missoula, Montana. I'm Mark Bassingthwaite, the Alps Risk Manager, and I have the pleasure of sitting down today with Teresa Matich and Joshua Lennon, both with Clio, a company that delivers cloud-based practice management technologies to lawyers worldwide. Teresa, uh, Joshua, welcome. It's it's a pleasure. Uh, before we jump into the conversation we're about to have, can you just take a few brief moments and tell our listeners a little bit about yourselves? Sure. So I'm Teresa Matic. I'm a content strategist at Clio, and I manage the Clio blog, where we write about legal technology and the business of law for law firms of all sizes. I'm Joshua Lennon. I'm the lawyer in residence at Clio. I provide legal scholarship and subject matter expertise to our teams throughout Clio, including Teresa's great blog. Yeah, and that is a good blog. I'll give you that. I, I enjoy it. And and that's really what sort of prompted this uh, this podcast idea. Uh, it's been a little while, a week or so here, but you came up with uh, the top 10 legal predictions for the next 10 years. And uh, that was just one of your, your blog posts. And I, I thought that was just very, very interesting. And normally, you know, when you see these, these uh, yeah, predictions for what's going to happen, it, it's, it's some lawyer sitting down or some tech person sitting down. But this really came out of the advocate community, as I understand it. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit about the Clio advocates community? Talk about how the predictions were collected and just, just tell us a little bit about the process. Sure. So we wanted to look at predictions for legal tech over the next 10 years because it's actually Clio's 10th anniversary this year. So 10 years ago, Jack and Ryan set out to build Clio, and today Clio is the most powerful and popular cloud-based practice management platform available, with 150,000 users in 90 countries. And a big part of Clio's success has been the people who use Clio, so we thought it would be fitting to ask them what their predictions are for the next 10 years. So as you mentioned, the post came out of a discussion in Clio's advocates community, which is the official Clio community where customers can go to discuss legal topics, share their expertise, get advice, and just sort of engage with, with each other and build that community. So anyone who wants to join can learn more. You can join at advocates.com slash join slash advocates. And there was a discussion going on. We asked what their predictions were for the next 10 years, and we picked some of the most popular ones for this blog post. Nice. Uh, when, you, when you look at this in terms of popularity, what, what surprised you the most about what you found? So there are a few things. So the one thing that surprised me in the discussion was how many people predicted that paperless law firms were going to be a big thing in the next 10 years. Uh -huh. So paperless is a big thing for a lot of law firms now. And I guess I was surprised to see so many law firms seeing that trend continuing and seeing law firms not just be mostly paperless, but entirely paperless in the next 10 years. And the second thing, along similar lines, was one person's prediction that traditional offices would disappear entirely and that jurisdictional issues would go away and lawyers would work across state lines with lawyers in other jurisdictions. So whether you've got a mobile practice or you're working from home or you're using a shared workspace, that trend is only going to continue, which does make a little bit of sense. I mean, office yeah. overhead is expensive. 
And then the third thing was Jordan Couch's prediction that lawyers will practice more like doctors, which was a really interesting way to frame it. So in his view, artificial intelligence and automation will not threaten the jobs of lawyers by passing off more routine tasks to apps and services and other legal professionals. Lawyers, like surgeons, are going to be able to focus more on their craft and more on practicing law, which is what most of them want to do in the first place. So if you've got a platform like Clio where you can log time with just a few clicks, communicate with your clients securely, and look at reports and data to see how your firm can improve, you're going to be much better off than if you're trying to do those things all on your own without the right tool. It's interesting, and, and I agree with some of these uh, predictions, just in terms of our our own experience, and I've, I do a lot of consulting over the years with apps, and just in terms of visiting with firms around the country, but we are seeing more and more, uh, in terms of just supporting what, what uh, the advocates are saying, lawyers are moving into the, if you will, virtual space, or virtual practice space. Um, I, I see more telecommuting. I do see uh, um, an increased... Uh, pace of movement to the cloud and in terms of of dropping uh, off the paper kind of side here with with all of that it's 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 been fun it's it's interesting you know i'm the risk guy as, as you're well aware and you know work with uh the the malpractice insurance carrier i mean this is our this is our world uh, thinking about uh, the advocate community, the, the kinds of things you're seeing and learning, what do you think we should be educating our policyholders about? Do you have any thoughts on that one? So I do think risk always is a factor when it comes to running any type of business, not just a law firm. Um, but uh, lawyers actually have a phenomenal resource that they're underutilizing when it comes to managing, measuring, and preparing for risk, and that is their professional liability insurers. Um, too many lawyers don't innovate because they think their liability insurer will say no, when in fact what liability insurers, in my experience, look for is a bit of collaboration, a little two-way communication, such that they can prepare alongside the law firms for these upcoming changes. So lawyers who want to innovate should um, but they should be reaching out to their liability insurers and making sure that everybody's on the same page moving forward. In fact, they can probably get some great advice from their insurers on what's worked for other firms. Yeah. And better approaches towards managing that risk if it is a factor in their decisions. Yeah. I- and again, I, I agree. I, I'm getting more and more of these calls and emails coming in talking about, you know, well, is is it safe to be in the cloud? You know, I'd kind of like to go here, but we're we're afraid that you as our insurer say, oh, no, you know, that's that's too risky. And and my response is, you know, I, I don't think you guys can get to the cloud fast enough. Uh, and, and part of my challenge is, is in trying to educate and say, you know, when you think about moving to the cloud, we need to it, – it, it's not the cloud, if you will. It's how we interact with the cloud. And, and so there's an opportunity for me to do some training and educating in terms of how to, to use it, it more responsibly. Uh, as, as I've uh, looked at your site, and, you know, we have uh, have a partnership here in terms of Clio and Alps, and, and our insureds uh, do get some, some discounts in working with you folks. And so I, we're well aware of what you do. I've been very interested in your million-dollar 
Clio Development Fund. Can you tell our listeners a bit more about what this fund is about? How do you envision this helping current and future Clio subscribers? And and maybe tell us a little bit about what's already being funded. Thanks, Mark. So the developer fund is an experiment, but one that we're very excited about. We know that there's no one way to practice law. Right. Uh, in fact, uh, our advocates community, uh, the feedback loops that we have via our free support team, all tell us of lawyers having sometimes very highly specialized needs when it comes to their technology. And so while Clio is a great platform and highly customizable, it doesn't have necessarily every tool for every niche practice out there. So we've been very fortunate to leverage cloud technology uh, to create a platform where law firms can pick their favorite tools that meet their exacting specifications and plug them into Clio such that information syncs back and forth, it reduces transcription error, it increases responsiveness, um, and generally prevents a lot of the different types of complaints that we see coming towards lawyers when it comes to, to juggling a whole bunch of different data silos separately. Now, when it comes to the developer fund, we know that um, it's very difficult for tools that target niche practices or niche um, functions within those practices to really get up and running fast enough to be sustainable. So our developer fund is one way of us taking our success and investing in these third-party tools such that they're creating these highly specialized components that law firms can plug in. So, for example, if you are an immigration firm and really need a strong workflow for soliciting family information or business information and populating those government forms quickly on behalf of your clients, we have several tools that now plug into Clio and just do that for you. And so Clio will handle your time and billing, your secure communications with those clients, but this plugin tool will handle the forms for you. And between the two, you have an entire immigration practice basically in the palm of your hand on your mobile phone. Um, if you are an IP attorney, you can plug in a tool like All Legal, and that'll handle your patent docketing for you, which is, again, a highly specialized workflow that Clio would love to build, but it only represents a, a portion of the 150,000 lawyers that we service. So we have to pick and choose, but we can devote things like our developer fund to get massive scale and massive functionality for lawyers around the world with a cooperative environment. What I hear and what I really like about this is, is again, talking with our insureds over the past five to eight years uh, as they, they look at this possibility of moving into the into the cloud there have been all kinds of roadblocks uh that i hear you know and and what you're saying is we're now in front of this we are removing the roadblocks so that uh, we can make the transition for this particularly when i in terms of a lot of our insureds the solo small firm lawyers make this transition to the cloud very smooth and, and and make them far more productive i mean i i just think this is a fantastic uh, approach. It, I, I, very exciting things happening. Uh, so that's just fantastic. Um, we're about running out of time here. To wrap up, uh, can I have each of you just share uh, uh, 
a final thought in terms of, you know, encouraging? Why is it important for legal professionals to at least understand, if not move uh, forward and embrace technology at the level of, of the like is what Clio offers, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, what are your thoughts? Final, final closing thought. Knowing the benefits and risks of technology is fast becoming a necessity, not a nice to have. So 31 states have already adopted comment eight on the ABA's model rules of professional conduct, rule 1.1, and that states that law firms must stay abreast of changes in the law and its practice, including the benefits and risks associated with technology. So if you're not using technology to serve your clients better, or if you're not aware of the risks that come with technology, it's really important to get educated. So the Clio blog covers these topics regularly, and you can subscribe to that at clio.com slash blog. We put out a regular digest with articles. And the second thing I would say is that technology can do a lot to help you practice more efficiently and help your clients better and focus more on the practice of law. As Jordan said, lawyers who leverage technology are going to have more of an opportunity to focus on what they got into law to do in the first place. And I think that it's only going to get better from here. That's one of the, the exciting things about legal technology is I think we're at an inflection point where better and better tools will come into the hands of lawyers, giving better and better service to their clients. And getting in on the ground floor of that is a market opportunity for the law firms out there. Yeah, yeah. You know, I- May I just throw one other question at you, based on a conversation I had actually a little bit earlier this morning with uh, another one of our insureds, and I would just be curious in terms of the thoughts of either of you on on this one, and I'm going to restate it, but this this comes up quite a bit in my world. You know, Mark... I, I'm thinking about looking at, at a cloud product, whether it's it's just file storage, do a full uh, practice management solution uh, such as Clio. But my concern is if I start to let go of my data, I don't – I'm concerned about sort of the security of all of that. I, I am now out of control. Uh, what would your response be to someone that says, uh, you know, I'm just having a little trouble letting go? Is, you know, can you speak to just sec- data security overall in, in a solution like Clio versus uh, just keeping everything local? You got it. So, uh, first of all, dollar per dollar, you get more security moving to a reputable cloud provider than you can ever provide inside of your office. Things like 24-7 supervision of the technology are things that Clio provides that a lawyer just can't do in a smaller boutique firm. There's, there's unfortunately just not enough dollars to cover that type of security coverage. So moving to the cloud is a great way to get more for your money. But you do have to pick a reputable provider. And one way to find out if somebody's a reputable provider is to, to look at their transparency when it comes to their security preparations, their willingness to answer your questions, and quite frankly, uh, their reputation amongst a lot of your peers. Yeah. So Clio, for example, uh, has a public report on our status, how long we've been up for the last, well, I think it goes back an entire year now, the current report, 
Um, and for the last three months, for example, I can tell you that Clio has been down a total of three minutes over those three months. That's the type of transparency we provide. We also provide third-party security audits that are done on either an hourly or daily basis, depending on which of the three reports you look at. And those are available to the public as well. So you can always see how we're doing and whether or not we're leading the market in security or lagging behind it. And our goal is to always be leading. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and because of that, then you can take a look and see not only are we being transparent, but then what's our reputational effect. And our partnership with Alps, for example, is one, uh, one metric that a firm could look at to see that not only are we being transparent, but we're also being vetted by people who are knowledgeable in the business and that deem us to be a good bet. And I really I appreciate you sharing that, Joshua. I, I do think it's important for our listeners to hear directly, if you will, from the horse's mouth, you know, um, this the answer to the question. Uh, so thank you for taking the time for that. And boy... Uh, I couldn't agree more with you. I, I, it's the same message I try to preach. But again, sometimes hearing it from the provider themselves, you know, for, for themselves, is, is an important thing. Well, that's about all the time we have today. Teresa, Joshua, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. And uh, for our listeners, I hope you found something of value and interest today out of this conversation. If in future you have any ideas for topics or questions or concerns you'd like to see addressed in one of these podcasts, please don't hesitate to reach out to me at mbass at alpsnet.com. Thanks again. Thanks for listening. Have a good one, folks. Bye-bye.